Welcome to Kafaru Cast, everyone. I'm finally back in the office for a solid two days before I head out again. I have my partner in crime across from me, Frank, the adult of the group, also general manager, <laughs> uh, semi-porn star. Whoa. Uh, what else do you do, Frank? Only fans. Uh, only fans. <laughs> <laughs> On the side to gotta be able to it. afford his Toyota. Yeah, I got to <laughs> make a little side, side money side for money. my medical bills. Uh, but man, we have a guest on today that uh, actually is the guy that really got me into photography and kind of taught me what I was doing. Uh, and I still don't know totally what I'm doing. I just copy shit. I over repeat shit over here. But uh, Tiber Nemeth, uh, man, what's up? Hey, boys. How you doing? Nice to have me on. Yeah, yeah, man. I uh, I, uh, I guess going over the, the history, I met you, what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago? Gotcha. I know. Has it been that? It feels, I don't, man, it's so weird. Like every day goes by so fast. Like, has it been that long? I mean, I think that was our first Vortex Optics shoot. It was 2012, right? I think. Holy uh, crap. Wow. I, I know. So uh, Tiber and Phil, it's Allison, right? Yep. Allison, yeah. yep. Uh, he was he was your assistant. You were doing the photos, and there was a guy at um, Vortex that called, and we got a group of guys together um, to to meet for this photo shoot. Which I uh, really at that time was just kind of thinking about getting into photography. Um, so I really didn't want to be a model. So if I remember correctly, I just followed <laughs> you around asking questions. Uh, for the majority of the weekend, we did that about photography. Uh, you and Phil, Phil both. Um, but man, you you've been at this forever. I mean, you've been at this for a long. How long have you been a professional photographer? Yeah, man, it's so weird. Like I opened my business in like what I guess like nineteen ninety nine, two thousand ish. Yeah, I'd come through the ranks as like a, a you know I went to school for photography, and then I always wanted to be like a sports photographer because i just love anything sports like you know just anything is just fun to, to take pictures of and i was a camera assistant for a guy an advertising guy and this guy john hewitt and we were always like i was like 22 years old right out of school and we were shooting for nike all the time and adidas and reebok and we were working with you know at the time like jordan and tiger and like every like very fond like we were working with all these like huge name guys and that's kind of where I learned, you know, just apprenticing, you know, working with him. And then eventually, like, I worked for him for six years. And then eventually you got to, you know, eventually you get the itch and you're like, okay, I think I can do this now. I can kind of fake it till you make it kind of thing. And, um, yeah, so I, in 2000, I kind of got the itch and, like, put together a little portfolio and just went about going to, like, advertising agencies to kind of show like work that I've kind of taken on the side, like little like landscapes and portraits and just things, just trying to kind of hustle, hit the street and show work to get work. You know, didn't you say that, uh, your parents have about had a panic attack when you went to school for art and photography? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny, man. When you, like I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee and you know, you, you start looking at, you know, trying to figure out like high school ends, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. And then you tell your parents, you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to art school. And your old man is just like, oh, my God, he's going to live in the basement and be like a sculpture major. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, he's freaking out. Or he's like, oh, you're going to do like characters at the fair. You know, it's like <laughs> illustration. You know, so he's just, I mean, I get it. Like, I didn't know either. And we toured a lot of different art schools. And 
man, like some schools are more like advertising based and some schools are kind of more fine art. And, you know, we kind of ended up the school, Columbus College of Art and Design in Ohio, and it was more like of an advertising based school. And that kind of set my parents at ease because they were like, oh, you know, because nobody knows. Like, I mean, nowadays, like you see all the content and photographs and on Insta and advertising, like you kind of get it that somebody's taking those. But at the time, you know, when you're from a small town in Tennessee, like that's not for people like us. I mean, we're just normal middle class people. Like I'm not going to have photographs in a magazine, you know. So it was just kind of weird to think of going into advertising because it was just so foreign to my parents and what they grew up with, you know. So it's just it's just kind of a weird, you know, safety net. And, and Ohio State was right there. So my old man was like, well, you know, shit hits the fan in art school. You can always go to Ohio State and, you know. I don't know, sell insurance or do something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Safety net, backup plan, you know. Yeah, well, it's worked out. You do, you know, you do well. You have a good clientele. You started directing uh, a few years ago and doing a lot of commercial work as well, right? Yeah. So it's it was kind of that. I mean, technology is just. I mean, this the camera stuff, and even what's like on your phone now, the camera on that stuff. I mean, it's just kind of weird. It's just a general progression, like. You know, I mean, you guys know when you take pictures, you're always like looking at stuff or like, look here, or do this. So, I mean, it's really just kind of, you know, the difference between like a moving image versus the still images. I mean, they're really kind of the same and it's just kind of setting it up. I mean, obviously, like with certain tech, like movies and all kinds of stuff, like you can do things differently. But it really kind of goes hand in hand with photography. And it was just, you know, I call it like it's like being an electrician and a plumber. You know, so if, like, your plumbing business is slow, hopefully, you know, the electrical business is taken off. And that's kind of, you know, how we juggled things, you know, kind of having two tricks to the trade. And now, you know, with certain jobs, sometimes I'll get hired as the photographer and not directing. But sometimes I'll direct and not kind of photograph the stills. So it's – and then sometimes I'll do both. So it is just, you know, it's, it's just kind of a um, – kind of having two tricks in your in your bag basically to kind of make make things happen and pay the bills you know because it's when you're, when you're not a trust fund kid like life's a little bit different with the hustle and trying to get clients and stuff and you so, know but it, it makes it fun while you bring up the trust Afarians, one thing i've <laughs> have learned um and, and and i'm nowhere you know i just i one of the reasons i get good photos is i take the camera into places that other people right. maybe haven't gone and frank is the same you know, way and in in Frank, sorry Frank, just gets my <laughs> hand me downs, right? I just here Frank have a Sony A seven. What are you shooting now? An R three, A seven R three, an R three. Like yeah. here you go. I'm gonna go get a new one. Well, I have done some different photo shoots in groups, which didn't go overly well. Diver, uh, you probably laugh at the. You know, they weren't like me or Frank at all. These groups, it's usually trustafarians. Um, wives that are bored that want to do these things you know and so I was trying to yeah and I've said this on other podcasts I learned more from you in two days than I did ever at any class or anything else because it was pretty um, funny well I remember you saying hey I like a softer look so shady house and I'm like fuck me I didn't even know the camera could do that I mean I literally like preach to people read the manual so you're like you know backlighting a lot of people are scared of backlighting and then you know, so I learned metering and, and backlighting and I'm like, okay, so the things that you had said made total sense. I just needed to read the manual, learn what the camera could do and then work 
around those things. And at that time, I had like a, I don't know, sick A6000 Sony, like a just a micro yeah. four thirds. You were running a Canon 5D3. Um, right, right. And you were like explaining, okay, more megapixels isn't always good. You know, if you're shooting low light, less megapixels is shit that I didn't know about, right? So I... I I uh I went and bought immediately after that uh, a 6D and I had it. Yeah, that's one, awesome camera. Well, I dripped. I changed. Okay, it, this isn't good. <laughs> We're shooting. You know the stuff we do. We're shooting TP night shots, right. and my nose constantly runs. And so I pulled the camera off, and and my snot dripped straight into the the filter. Uh, the the. Oh. The sensor, so it hit the sensor the, thing, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I cleaned that up and was like, I'm copying Tiber and returned it, which I know is horrible, and got a 5D Mark III, which some of my best photos I took that to the NWT. I crushed three or four of those things in rivers, like we flipped a, a raft over, and that oh, was the end right. of that camera. Oh my gosh! But I I remember you, you know, saying, man, you know, the 5D Mark II. Uh, has some of the best photos ever taken, and that was what twelve megapixels or something. Yeah, I think it was something crazy, and it's just man, it's it's weird how you know it's just like even some of the now like the fancy R ones. Like, I mean, we talked about this like file storage is just like I mean, how many you know drives do you need to store all this stuff, and then just like your what's the the final output of your photo? Because I mean, a lot of this technology, I mean, it, it's it's so similar. Like, do you really need, like, you know, uh, I forget, like, I mean, I think the R's I'm shooting now, I think, are, like, 30 megs. You know, those are perfect for, like, billboards or perfect for, you know, for my workflow, for what I do. It's perfect. But if you don't need those massive file sizes, you know, you don't need that camera. So it's just kind of, I mean, there's just too many options kind of thing, and everybody wants the new thing, and I'm, I'm kind of like, I try and keep it stupid simple for me because, man, like, I, I, I've, I've been with Canon because my, like, when I was a camera assistant, like, this guy Hewitt I worked for, like, he was a Canon guy. So it's like, I stick use Canon because that's what I learned as, an, as a camera assistant, and I know that camera frontwards and backwards. So switching to Nikon or, like, Sony, I'm just like, my head spins, like, with buttons and menu hell, and I'm just like, man, I just... I like what this camera do, does. I know what it can do, and it's just like it's just tried and true for me. And it's just you know that's kind of how I live, kind of my life <laughs> for most everything else too. Well, like with the cameras, I've went which you've seen from everything, trying it out, right? Like I've every Sony, every Nikon, not every Nikon. I had an eight fifty, eight ten, uh, and an eight ten. I tried a bunch, and and uh, the one thing I do notice with the the Canon, the color is better to to me than anything um than, than any of the other options it, it's just it's kind of like looking through i don't know swarovski binoculars you get used to a certain color that you you like not right. that the other photo the cameras were you know were, were bad by any means but you know i because i recently got rid of all my sony stuff and went back to canon i got a 1dx3 and a, a 5d4 and i was going to get that r5 but yeah i, I I kind of chickened out because the lenses are about impossible to get. And that 1DX is about perfect for me for especially the low light stuff. Um, but, you know, as we're talking about this, a lot of people get a hold of me and say, hey, uh, what's the best budget 
camera for uh, and lens for um, wildlife. And I'm like, well, what's your budget? And they're like four hundred dollars. Right. I'm like, use your phone. I, I there isn't. <laughs> I what? Well, so that one DX Mark three uh, is sixty five hundred. The R five is what four grand. Something like that, the new mirrorless wow. R5. So I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. and then a 600 millimeter lens is $12,000. A one to four That's is 2700 or so. I mean, it's an expensive crazy. hobby um, if it's a hobby for you. Um, I mean, what would your advice be to people starting out? Like, what what budget? Like, should they get a Canon T7i and, and start learning the wheels and dials? And I mean, what's your, what's your advice? Man, you know, it's always kind of like, it's just, it's kind of like buying a house or a mountain bike or a car. You know, find your budget. Um, you know, there's tons of cool used stuff out there too. Like, that's the thing, man. Technology is just pumping out new stuff. So, you know, like, I order everything from like B&H. That's my go to because their website's stupid simple for me. You know, they can get it like in a day. So, and they're for, to research stuff on there. So, I mean, I always kind of like, what do you like? You know, and, and what's your budget? Because, I, I mean, you get amazing pictures, dude. Because, like, like, you, I posted, like, you had one last night from, it was, like, low light, beautiful, big, wide vista. But the light was just killer. And, man, it's like, you can have, like, a, a shitty camera. And if the light's good, man, you're going to get a beautiful picture. And there are some people that have, like, the, you know, Hasselblads and Leicas. And, man, they can't shoot their way out of a paper bag. So it's just kind of like, you know, just the quality of light and the, the location and where you're at and what you're, you know, you're filming too. Like if you're, I mean, that, that what you're shooting makes a huge difference whether it's interesting or not. So it's just kind of like find your budget and kind of pick your poison. And, and you know, I've always stayed away from, I, I have like some old like Fuji like point and shoot T100s and stuff. And man, some of the menus just make me crazy and that's kind of why i've stayed away from sony like you've had more cameras aaron than i have and some of that stuff man, that is like, nothing to be proud of listeners <laughs> man like menu hell dude some of that stuff like you know i want to change something and you got to go through like a menu and a sub menu and it's cold and your fingers are out and it's you're dripping snot in your sensor you're dripping snot in your sensor or you're with or you're with some like hunters that are like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, just take the picture and go. So you got to be able to move quick. And, you know, I work a lot with real people, whether it's like, you know, like fishing guides or, you know, like guys, you know, hunting guides like yourself or, you know, like just real people. You can't be like fumbling around with stuff. And that's why I've always kind of, to be honest, stuck with Canon because it's just, it, it's kind of easy to navigate the menus. And again, like I love like the lenses are beautiful. Like I'm a fixed lens kind of junkie. Like I love, I would do everything with the 35, the 50 and the 85. Like those are really like, I could shoot every advertising job with those three lenses and be totally fine. Let's uh, we'll jump to that in a minute. Okay, Cause that's sorry. a no, 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 you're good. It's just that question gets asked to me and it's like, the real right. thing is what kind of a photographer do you want to, to be? Um, so, right. but, but as far as like the, you, you, with the, the, the photos and the, I always make jokes, you know, I'm always a better photographer when it's cloudy. Um, and, uh, just cause I mean, you don't have the harsh lighting and that's one thing you were right. talking about when we did one of the photo shoots, we 
had multiple different scenarios and they wanted to get some coyote type shots, coyote hunting. And we went out into the right. prairie and immediately you were like, God, I, this heart that there's harsh light here. And, you know, I'm a fucking right. knuckle dragger. I'm like, harsh light. Are you going to get a sunburn? What are you talking about? You know? and I, but I'm listening, right? Like, <laughs> well, I was like, huh. And I'm, then I'm thinking that does make sense. Cause my best photos I've taken with a little crappy camera were when it was cloudy. And so I really started to learn uh, exposure value and metering really quickly because I like, you know, the backlighting. That's something a lot of people are scared of. And probably one of the first things I learned from you, you were like, I would backlight everything if I could. Um, or so I stole that. I stole that from Clint Eastwood too, man. You watch Clint Eastwood movies? That <laughs> guy backlights fucking everything. And it's so pretty. It's so nice, you know. Well, and I, you know, well, Frank has a natural eye for, for, you know, composition and just photography. Like Frank, uh, what do you call yourself? Guess and checker. <laughs> a guess and checker. So he, <laughs> um, handsome. Yeah. Handsome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, but I, you know, when, when you, when you're, when you grab a, a camera, um, you can throw everything on, on auto and, and I don't know, I mean, yeah. on a cloudy day, you'll probably have, you know, really good photos. And then on a sunny day, a lot of them are going to be, you know, shitty. So what I try to explain to people, um, well, and, and I'll have you, you do it. Um, like <laughs> the, the primaries of, uh, when you, when I talk about like F-stop shutter speed ISO, I'm like, look, you know, one of these makes sure it opens really fast or really slow. The other one tells how wide the hole is, you know, and learning right. these different things. So you want to talk a little bit about some of the different, you know, the primaries like F-stop, shutter speed, ISO, and kind of what, what, where they come into play in a photo? Yeah, right on. So it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. Like I've always been, like I love fast lenses. Like I would, and that means like I, I could, if I could have every lens be like an F2 or like a 1.2 or a 1.4 or a 1.8, that's what I would shoot every job, you know, shallow depth of field. So I love like blurry backgrounds. So just so the focus kind of stays with, you know, the hunter or the fisherman and just let the background kind of go soft. Um, that's that's kind of why I love the fixed lenses because like I think my 35 is like a 1.4 and, you know, the Canon has those new lenses. Like they've got a zoom that's an F2. So I love that really shallow depth of field stuff. But, you know, it, it, it's weird because sometimes like, you know, again, like where you just were, uh, you know, sometimes a big landscape, like, man, it's epic if everything's, you know, in focus. So, you know, I do love sometimes doing like an aperture priority for like quick stuff because like I can take that, um, that like my index finger and I can scroll, like I can be at like F2 and shoot a couple stuff, and then I can, like, zip it, and I can be at, like, F11 and just get kind of everything sharpened and focused. If I want kind of, like, a big wide where you just see, like, the vistas and the sunset and, you know, everything's super sharp. And, and so, you know, it's just, man, I'm always fussing with buttons when I shoot. So, and then even for advertising, like, if I'm doing a picture of you, Aaron, or something, like, if you're in prone, like, I'll shoot a couple, like, really shallow depth of field, like it, like an F2, and then I'll zip it down to 5.6, and I'll kind of pan left or pan right, because a lot of times in advertising, you know, you need like a long, skinny, like banner, or you need a long, skinny horizontal for ads, so just making sure I grab 
I grab something to the left and something to the right. So if you're retouching, you know, if you're putting, you know, the hunter on the left and you need like the Kafaru logo on the, you know, on the other side, but you're like, man, we need like, you know, three more inches on that side. You know, we've got kind of a play to that and you can soften it up if you need to, to kind of match the other stuff. So, you know, always, that's the one weird thing with advertising that's kind of a pain in the neck. Like, you are always got to think about, like, the copy and the logos and, you know, do we have enough sky? Do we have enough foreground? And that kind of stuff. And, it, and so you're always kind of playing around with f-stops and shutter speeds. And, you know, it's just kind of, uh, that's what I like about the Canon because it's easy to do. As we're going over all the things I, I learned from you, that was one thing that I pretty much carried on was I shoot, Anything in normal light, I pretty much shoot an aperture priority because it's quicker right. for me in the out in the outdoors, and I can just zip it left and right. And I will say, with a Canon compared to a Sony, the buttons and systems and formats on a Sony are a bit of a nightmare and convoluted. Where everything, especially on that one DX, but everything is right there for adjustments. Where right. I go to low light, I shoot everything manual. Um, right. Yeah, in which you pretty much have to do. You'll end up with 120 million ISO because you you know you don't know what you're doing, and the the camera is doing everything for you, and it's blown out. Um, right, right, and that that's the only time where like you know again, and, and if we're in a studio or do you know if I've got a Digitech with me, like we'll, we'll always shoot manual if I've got a Digitech with me because like you know you, you get locked in on your f-stop and it's perfect, and he's running moves as it's coming in through like capture one you know, balancing out the highlights and shadows. So that's kind of a perfect world. But like, you know, when, when, you know, we were with you for like Vortex or even if I do like a Sims fishing thing or, you know, if I'm with like Mossberg and we're in somewhere, you know, in Colorado, man, I'm just going to throw it on aperture priority because the metering system in those cameras and like the color right out of it in the, the CR3 file, like the raw files are just so good out of the gate. And you can just kind of, you know, when you're standing two feet of snow, you can kind of, you know, plow through a bunch of pictures quick. And then I also do like sometimes like, you know, underexpose a little bit like that dials pretty easy. So sometimes if I look at the back of the screen and I feel like, you know, the histogram, if the highlights are blowing out, like I'll just, you know, it's easy on the Canon, at least for me to like, oh, man, I'm going to pull that down like two thirds of a stop and just shoot everything in this scene now, like, two-thirds down of a stop, but still know in my, like, histogram, like, all that details in the shadows and in the highlights now, if that makes sense. Yeah, and when you talk about, like, the histogram, that was something else, something else you were talking to me of glancing at the histogram as you're taking photos that you know what you can work with in post as opposed to, uh, you know, the histogram kind of tells the story. Like if you have a right. kind of a nice round mound, um, you're, right. you're good, right? Right. All the meat and potatoes are in the middle, baby. Like if you've got all that stuff in there, you're good to go. And you can, I mean, you know, with Lightroom and even like Bridge and Photoshop, man, you can do like a move on an image and bring highlights back in, you know, open up shadows. Like it's just crazy what you can do now. So, like, if you just get it close, you can really take that image and, and work with it tons in Lightroom or Bridge, you know. Uh, Frank, you got anything to add? Yeah, I mean, this. I guess this would be maybe something frowned upon by a more professional photographer. But <laughs> like, like you guys are saying, I just try to get it close because I know 
that I have the ability in, in Lightroom a, a lot of times or post, I guess you'd call it post production to get it, to get it to where I want it. So, um, along with my guessing and checking, I know that if it's not, uh, if the, if it's a little dark or something like that, I might be able to, to work a little technological magic and, and get the picture to where I want. And by no means am I right. as good as you guys, but I know that with these, with the technology out there with the cameras and, and the software, it, it really helps to give you a little bit of room for error for me at least. Right, man. And it's like, it's like kind of golf. As long as you get it on the green, you've got a chance to make the putt. You know I mean? It's kind of like in photography. I mean, if you get it close and like say the technology in these cameras and even in the iPhone, like, um, I'm with this company, a production company, GLP, and they did a bunch of things for like shot on your iPhone. And man, they, you know, shot TV spots on the iPhone and man, they were like beautiful. So it's just, it's not, you know, and it, but again, it was like time of light, location, where you're at, like all that stuff makes for, you know, knowing the time of day to shoot. And it's like when we were doing that, you know, I think it was noon, we were all hungry and we're like, okay, we got to get this shot, you know, this coyote shot. And you're like, oh my God, like we're like two hours away from the nearest lunch spot and you guys all hate me. But we're just like, like trying to find a way to make this shot happen. So I think we found a tree and we put you under the tree in some little camouflage area there and just kind of tucked into that little bit of shade. And, you know, that's kind of, I mean, it's hard to make pictures in advertising when you've got to take a picture like every hour, you know, and it's just like, we'll start at sunrise and, you know, from like sunrise to like 10 AM, everything's amazing. And then, as it gets kind of in the middle of the day and you're like, okay, we still got three more shots before we get lunch and the light kind of sucks and you know, everybody's kind of getting hangry and you know, it's like, <laughs> while you're talking about this, I remember I drove you guys to some cliffs right by the road and you were like, these are epic shots. You could do this for a living. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, dude, you could Tiber, you say, most photographers, you said something about her fat and don't want to walk. <laughs> and so if they can shoot the closer to the road, the better uh, for these photo shoots. And we, you made it look epic, but literally we were out the truck we're door. Right off the highway. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, that's the old, I mean, again, and that goes back, like if you can't drive to the location, you don't shoot it. And that's yeah. kind of been like, <laughs> like advertising 101, because like, you know, when you think about, like, dude, I forgot, I forget what job it was. I don't know if you were with us, but we were doing like a, was it like a boot? I can't remember. It was, we were doing some job and like we're in the snow and we're like at 13,000 feet and like some, a client showed up in like high heels and you're like, oh my God, like we got to walk in and do this stuff and it's snowing. So, you know, sometimes in advertising, you got to like find like, a, a, you know, cause we pretty much use you kind of as our location scout guide person and you know if and if you got like tons of camera cases and you know usually i don't light stuff for like a lot of my like hunting fishing clients because that's just kind of a pain in the neck or we'll just do like a little bounce or something if we're doing portraits on um, like a flex fill or something but um man like sometimes like if you if you if the client wants like a digitech there and to be able to see things and see what you're shooting you know you can't do a mile hike in you know, with like tons of gear. I mean, it's just people are going to murder you and hate you for doing that. So sometimes like we have our location scouts, like, you know, how far is this in? Can we drive there? You know, and, and man, you've taken us to some great um, lodges. What was that first one we did? 
you took us up and it was um God, was it near Breck or something? We were there and like the road was treacherous going up. Somebody had like a two wheel drive SUV and it was like in the snow. But when you got there, like everything was right there. And that's kind of like, you know, a nice lodge where you can hop on some UTVs and go out and, and take photos because everything is kind of epic and right there at your fingertips. And that's how you can kind of get like tons of content if you've got like a two or three day shoot to go make this happen. Yeah. And, you know, while people are, you know, listening into to this. So one of the things that I learned um, relatively quickly is, is I got the, you know, before I even actually met Frank, um, you know, I had met you was, okay, I'm going to, you know, learn low light situations. All the things that you kind of just mentioned were like, you know, if you can master low light, you're in good shape because those are the hardest. And, you know, I, so I learned everything with a headlamp. Right. Like right. I, I was getting these epic shots, but I've never to this day used a flash. And so I went on one shoot with a couple real life photographers and they're like truly fucking me up with their flashes. I'm like, guys, <laughs> like you're, you're fucking my shit up here. Like I got it dialed. I don't need a flash. It's not giving me right. the look I want. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, look, I'm going to take a headlamp, put a T-shirt over it, turn it on that gives more equal and not as harsh light in the shelter. And then I'm going to run right. like a 20 to 30 second shutter speed and right. relatively low ISO. And I'm like, you guys are taking a photo uh, where you want to, you know, brighten up the outside of the shelter and get, I was like, I want everything kind of dark in the shelter to, to glow. Right. And that's right. because right. that's what I had been doing, you know, and I'll fake it and I'll put my headlamp, there's a photo with Amy where I got it behind. She was boiling coffee in the tent and the steam was coming up and there's no way I'm smart enough to make that shot look right with a flash. So what right. I did is I had barely the light coming through the back of the, the hat to light up the, um, yeah. you know, the, 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 the steam coming out of the coffee trying to, you know, capture the moment. Well, so about the time I think I know what I'm doing, I get asked to do a, a, a wedding. I'm like, yeah, Talk sure, you know, it. save yeah. some money. Well, lighting was perfect, all outdoors. They loved me. They tell right. their friends. Now, <laughs> oh, no. their friends are oh, like, no. will you take wedding photos? And I'm like, yeah, you know, no yeah. problem. So, I wedding, got this. yeah, wedding was fine. And then we go indoors for the the party. What's that called? The, um, I don't know. So long what is that oh, called? Um, after, after? Either way, it was indoors <laughs> yeah. and I needed a fucking flash. And I did not know how to use one. And I'm like trying to adjust this camera to where I'm literally at like, I don't know, 12,000 ISO. And I'm like, these people are going to fuck the reception. And I'm yeah, like, so I'm like, hey, I just got to tell you, um, I'm not going <laughs> to shoot any photos in here. They're not going to come out. And, and, and it was an eye opener for me. Like, OK, I know about 30 percent of what I need to. I got to go back to the drawing board or just not shoot fucking weddings. And so I kind of came to the conclusion of you want a wedding shot and it's outdoors. I'm your man. Anything right. with like the studio portrait stuff. Like we've got a buddy TJ Perez that does that and he's a whiz with all of it. But if you put handed me a flash right now, I just use <laughs> it as a paperweight. Cause I have no idea how to use that shit. I do everything right. with what's in the field around me. Right. You, did you learn all that shit in college or did you pick yeah. more up after? Well, it's kind of weird, man. And, and, you know, so I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I believe less is more with light. 
But you have to remember too, there I have friends who are like lighting like freaks. Like they can't travel unless they're lighting like a portrait with like minimum of five to six lights. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, you need all those lights. Like there's a big, you know, sun in the sky and right time of day and just a little diffusion and we're good. So, but some people can't do, some people don't do well the simple stuff that like you and I like to do. And it kind of goes both ways. Like, I mean, it just, the guy that I learned under, like we were always, you know, with athletes, like, you know, it was kind of like that, you know, kind of one, if you're going to light, like use one light and maybe use the sun to kind of like backlight as your second light. If you need like a little hair light or just the little edge or something, and then you just use your strobe to pop in a little fill because with the older digital cameras, like adding a little pop of light just kind of tightened up the file and just made it a little bit kind of sharper. Um, so that's kind of what I was kind of taught and learned on. So even, you know, I've, I've got a studio here in Winston-Salem and we've got lights, but like when I do portraits, like I do like one light and then I do like a negative fill. Like I'll just do a piece of like black fabric or a black foam card and just because it gives it a little bit kind of, a, um, you know, a modeled look kind of to the, to the light. But man, I've never been like a, a big light guy and I just don't, I just don't like the look. I don't like the stuff overlit. And I just really love, I mean, nature, when you're out there, dude, your pictures are so epic because of where you're at and the time of day. I mean, it's like you don't need lights out there because what are you going to light? You're going to light the ground in the front of you or, you know, try and focus in on some buck or something behind a tree. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, tell the deer to stand still. Hold on, I got to get my flash. Well, <laughs> and, and a lot of it, too, is just like uh, what you become – super comfortable with like low light situations now especially i will say that one dx is a monster in low light right um it you know you you know immediately like um well the other the other night like when i caught that that photo that i posted the landscape with the tree and the sun going down yeah yeah, yeah. like we we went up there just to take that photo um it we were on sheep the day before and i'm like hey man i don't have time but I'm not going to find a better shot than this. Like we got to come back. And so right. we, we came back and of course we're glassing sheep and I'm like, Hey, you know that I'm like, Hey man, with 30 more minutes, sorry, 20 more minutes. I'm just, I got to yeah. get the lighting right. Well, I don't know how to fake anything with that. Cause I'm truly using the sun going down, splitting the horizon in that tree. And so if you don't know your settings, right? Like you've only got a five minute window when the sun's going down. If it's a, a specific shot with that, when you're dealing with the sun coming up or down, because your lighting is changing so quickly that right. if you don't yep. know the settings on your camera, you're going to miss the the shot. Right. Um, and, and so like with, with the lower lighting, you know, I'm good, but then you get like, again, in the studio, I might as well just get, be there to tell jokes. Cause I'm fucking retarded. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing in the studio. Um, right. what, but to transition now talking about the, the lenses. Um, so for people yeah. listening in, you, you have fixed focal length or prime lenses and you have uh, adjustable lenses. Right, zoom. Right, zoom. zoom. Yep. And the question I get is what's the best lens for uh, backpack hunting and I'm like well do you want you know what you want to use your feet to zoom or do you want to use the, the lens like a 24 right. to 72 8 version 2 is probably one of the best all right. around lenses but if you compare that to a 50 millimeter one two 
it's right. not as good of a lens. It's just, it's, I've got them both and that 50, I'll take that 50 personally every right. time. Um, the Boca or however the hell you say that. Yeah, like, yeah I know, right? <laughs> well, I've had like 14 people tell me, I, I thought it was Boca, Bouquet. Well, how do you supposed to say it, Tyber? You're the professional. I just say Boca. That's what I, <laughs> um, that's my guys. I'm sticking to it, Boca. I know. There's always going to be somebody on social media tell you you're doing it wrong. You, the other day I had that happen. A guy said, uh, can I make a suggestion? You know, you, you should cut off an inch of the bot, whatever. I'm like, dude, it's Instagram, right? I'm not trying to win the Nobel not. peace prize for fuck's sake. I just threw a photo <laughs> up. But, um, but what lenses, you know, you're a, you're a prime guy. Uh, I kind of have a mixture of, you know, both, but w- what right. would you say the best lenses are roughly both prime and, and zoom, um, you know, to kind of start when you're building your arsenal, what, what are the good ones to get? And then what do you want to kind of move into after that? Man, for all, and right. So even starting out, man, like it, it's kind of weird. Like I think zoom lenses again, kind of, and I, man, when, when the 2470 came out and, you know, I was shooting a lot of ad stuff, I would always like use the 24 to 70, but I always found like I missed the good stuff in between the lens. Like I'd always go to like 24 and then I'd crank it into 70. And you know, that's probably a little bit of my ADHD too. But I would miss like the 35, the 50, like those sweet spots in the middle. So I've actually kind of found that my pictures are better if I stick to like one lens. So, you know, if, I, if I'm on the – and I love the 35 too. I just – I would kind of shoot everything on a 35 if I could. I just feel – I like that world that frame lives in. And – but like with the 35, like I can come in tight and get some pretty stuff and I can take, you know, five steps back and get kind of a good wide. Um, you know, with the 35 and you do get a little closer, like it, there is some distortion for portraits and stuff. But it it kind of like I like the 35 because like when I write like in a treatment or something like that for client, like I like the 35 kind of puts it like you're sitting at the table with friends. You know, you're like if, if you, me and Frank are hanging out you know, drinking a few, you know, pops, like we're hanging out, like, you know, we're right there together. That's like in that 35 world. And and that's kind of what I like. It just feels like you're a part of the conversation with that lens. And so that's kind of my go-to. And and then the 50, like, you know, that 50 lens is such a beauty. Like it's kind of the other perfect lens for portraits. It's great. Um, Sometimes it gets a little longer if you're jammed in for space wise, like it's just a little tighter, but and for portraits, like you can't, you can't go wrong with that 50. So when, when people like when you, how would I put this? Uh, when we talk about backpack hunting, we always say like ounces make pounds and pounds make pain. Right. pain. Anything that, that says below two, two point eight or, or below. So you get into one, one, two, that's a super fast lens. That right. bitch is going to be heavy and there's no way. Right. And it's going to get expensive too. Like cost wise too, you know, it's going to get expensive. So like that, uh, the 50 I just ordered was, I don't know, $1,800 or I don't know. It was expensive, right. but yeah, it's crazy. the, the thing is, is, um, it's not that you can't get a Sigma art lens or a Tokina or one of the lesser lenses and not get good photos, you know, just get out there and right. take photos. It just won't be as good as a higher end, you know, you'll have a little, what you call it, chromatic edge to edge issues. Um, you know, there's different issues that you can have but in the reality if it's just going on social media most people what do they call those fuckers pixel peepers like the little bastards <laughs> that are online that pick apart your photo um, <laughs> oh dude that's so fu- 
I try and stay away from that stuff. But, but dude, I love those art lens. Like, the, uh, I think Sigma makes the 105 but art lens. Holy crap, dude, that lens is beautiful. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like you're buying the mountain bike. Yeah, we all want, like, the $10,000 mountain bike, but, like, do you really need it? Because when you're bombing down a hill, like, you know, yeah, it's just kind of like who's going to be the fastest. I mean, so it's just kind of weird even with lenses. Like, Canon makes these kind of – we have one of these R cameras, and they make these little really lightweight lenses, and they make a little 35 and a 50. Dude, they're not expensive lenses at all, and they are super sharp, and they're easy to work with, and, man, it's lightweight. I mean, you got to be a little bit careful. We talked about that, like banging around in a backpack and stuff. But, you know, there are other – you don't have to always go with, like, a, a Canon, you know, high-end lens because if, if you don't have that in the bank, you don't need it, you know, and it's just kind of – you know, you don't need the Ferrari every for everything, you know. When when people are looking at the, you know, getting into it, I would say either a 35, a 50, or a 24 to 70, something around there, start right. out with that. Like, you, right. you, you know, you, you're not going to get great landscape shots with a 50, but you're right. going to get some good photos and you're going to be able to learn your camera and um, – you know, a 35 is, is, is probably, in my opinion, a little bit more well-rounded than a 50. Um, and it sounds like you right. kind of feel the same way. Um, yeah, totally. You know, for a, a first lens. But no matter what, if you're backpacking in and you're listening to this, that 1DX, I think, was a 24 to 70 or 70 to 200 is probably 12 pounds. Um, right. Nine, I don't know. So, you know, you have the mirrorless cameras, a little bit smaller. You have micro four-thirds or crop sensor right. cameras. and you know, the, the biggest thing is learn the camera, um, have it with you. And then for me, like that 1DX, I'm probably not going to backpack in with that thing. Anything inside of a mile, I'll have that right. camera. You know, but when you, you know, you go on like a photo shoot um, and let's say you're photographing somebody's hunt, you better <laughs> expect to have about 15 pounds of extra weight in your pack, if not a little bit more. You've got battery issues, right? You got storage no, issues. Yeah. You you got all kinds of crises you got to deal with. And so, you know, get, getting into this, what would you say a good budget for someone to, you know, when you're talking, meaning memory cards, the camera, the lenses, if they want to start get serious, not full blown, you know, you don't not going full retard, but you want to get serious into it. What's a good budget and some cameras to look at? And, and if it's just Canon, you know, mention those. Right, man. Yeah, like again. I all to be honest, I really know is Canon. Like I just, I just barely can spell Nikon and Sony. So all I know is really Canon. But I mean, it's just, you know, I like the R series are are really nice. I mean, those are the fancy ones that they're pushing now. They're mirrorless, so they're quiet. And that's something else to think of too. Like a mirrorless camera. Like if you're with your buddies and the shutter's going off, like you can't be stalking or getting crazy and. Man, there were some times, I don't know if you were with us, we were on some, this private land, and man, like we were, we were kind of shooting, just doing our advertising thing, shooting, and some guys had some elk, um, tags with them, and man, there were some stuff that came through, and these guys were like, Tiber, stop taking pictures, can we go hunt? And I was like, buddy, go. And man, they took off, and, um, then I was like, man, I want to be in there, but then that was before I had the mirrorless camera, but I don't want to, ruin somebody you know 
chasing some good stuff because like a shutter going off. So kind of depends on what you're looking for. But man, like, you know, five grand ease. I mean, but that's gets like five grand is a lot of money. I mean, it's just, you know, there's tons of great used places. I mean, it's really like whatever you have to spend. I mean, you can take beautiful pictures with like two lenses and they don't have to be, you know, fancy camera lenses or Canon. I mean, it's just, you know, you'd hate to have somebody not want to be able to do photography because they're not rich and they don't have money to go buy all this stuff, you know, and that's, that's kind of the cool thing. And even like lenses for your iPhone, like I've seen some cool stuff where people like pop on a little lens on their iPhone and can get some interesting pictures too. So it's kind of like whatever your budget is, you can find some cool stuff and you don't have to get new stuff like B and H Adorama, all these big companies, these big um, camera houses out of New York have great used sites too, man. And that's another option to go because you could probably get some used stuff like an old, like Mark IV, you know, or use something like that and even a used like 24 to 70 and to- be totally good. You know, you don't have to get brand new stuff out of the box. Yeah, and I, I have a camera store near me that's handy. It's Inglewood Camera where I trade my stuff in. They sell used and new stuff. And right. a lot of time with lenses, um, a good idea if it's an expensive lens is to rent it first. Um, right. See if you like it. Or in my case, like I'll go down there and um, if they have a used uh, lens that I think I'm going to, you know, that I want to purchase, I'll I'll grab it and then, you know, go screw around with it, see if it fits. And, and they're pretty cool. You know, obviously um, I got to leave a deposit or, or, or leave, right. you know, leave, leave my credit card info, obviously, if I don't bring it back. But they'll let me test it out and, and bring it back. You know, when you start looking at it, it lenses, uh, like you said, five grand, I, you know, I, I tell guys, look, you know, if you're going to buy used 2,500, it'll get you something pretty right. dang cool. Um, right. You know, cause you can, you can, you know, you can buy like a, a Sony a seven three, a, a Nikon, even a, or excuse me, a Canon, like a Canon, they have the, whatever it is, six D two, you know, awesome that's, yeah. those are all good. And really what I see people do is if they go full into it, they've got like 1%, uh, knowledge and, and like the hundred percent gear where yeah. they have all the cool shit, but they don't know how to, to use it. And, and, and guys will message me. And it's like, dude, this is not a question I can answer in a, a 30 word text. Like right. you're asking questions that took me years to, to, to own this down. Like, you know, when people ask, Hey, what were your camera settings? I get right. it why they might want to know, but it doesn't help that much because if you know how to set your camera settings, me telling you what they were for that event, I could have had more moonlight or I could have had city right. lights or, I mean, you, you, once you, Asking that question is, is to people once they've learned it is like, why would you ask that? I can see why they would, but if you learn how to, you know, the functions of the camera, you know what those settings probably are by looking at the photo as a guess or pretty close anyway. Right. Right. And, and man, and that, that's so true. Cause it's just like, it's not, again, it's kind of the quality of, of light that you're looking for that really makes the photographs. Cause you look at all like, you know, the history of photography, like I loved that stuff in art school. And you look at like, um, you know, August Sander and kind of Steichen and, and Stieglitz, like these guys, man, they took amazing photographs. They had just like a, a box with a lens on it, dude. And they went out and took beautiful photographs with camera and a lens. And that was all they had. 
So that, you know, that's always kind of inspired me. And that's why I've never been kind of a, a tech over the top tech person. Cause you know, if you go into the backwoods, like, you know, and sometimes it's fun. Like today I'm going to take pictures with just the 35 or I'm going to bring, you know, today I'm going to shoot 35 tomorrow. I'm going to shoot the 50. And, you know, and a lot of times when I've worked with like, I mean, all the companies that I've kind of worked with, whether it's like, you know, Winston fly rods or Beretta or Caltech or Mossberg, like that's kind of what I've just followed that same format, you know, with that, like, well, let's shoot the 35 now and shoot some stuff. And now let's uh, throw the 50 on and let's go in there and get some, you know, kind of tighter live in this kind of, you know, medium, like wide mediums and tights. When I shoot, that's all I think of. Like, let's get some wides, let's get some mediums and let's get some tights. And that's kind of like my 101 of how I take pictures. Nice. Uh, Aaron just stepped away for a second, but yeah, I, uh, I, um, I started off with a, a little Olympus camera that, that Aaron passed down to me. So I've, I've definitely been fortunate to, uh, to start off with uh, some pretty nice stuff and then now I'm shooting the uh, the Sony but um, when Aaron gave me that first camera to use I think it did have a, a 35 millimeter prime lens on it and I'm like dude how do I uh, how do I zoom in with this thing right <laughs> and he's like dude it's a prime lens you gotta you gotta step forward or step back it's um, it's it's a fixed fixed zoom lens but I think I've I've kind of liked learning with uh, with the prime lenses kind of like you were saying it um, right and, and man, that helps you with when you're learning to take pictures to what you like. Because I think zooms, I mean, as simple as they are, it kind of really can get, not confusing is the right word, but it can just be overwhelmed with like, what lens do I want? Do I want the 24? I mean, so, but if you just have like a 35 or a 50 on there, you're like, okay, I got to get a picture with this one lens. Where do I want to be? Do I want to be a few steps back or a few steps forward? Like, it really kind of slows you down. And takes away like having too much tech within like too many lenses at your fingertips is what it does, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, I I've grown to to really like that um, using yeah. the prime lenses and especially that thirty five. Like I have uh, an eighteen that I also bring along, but I I very rarely find myself switching lenses. I've just come so accustomed to that thirty five. I love it. Right, right, and those eighteens are fun too, man. Like they're. I mean, that, again, like, you throw one of those on and play with it. It's funny. Like, I've bought some, like, I think it is, like, what, KEH camera online. Like, sometimes, like, lenses, they'll have, like, these lenses for sale that are, like, you know, like, if you get, like, a used stuff, like, you want, like, a, an excellent condition or, like, you know, a 9 or, or a 10. But I've even bought, like, garbage lenses, like the bargain lens, and just get, like, oh, man, here's a bargain lens for, like, 100 bucks. And bought this lens, and yeah, it had some scratches, and it had some different things on the element. You know, it wasn't perfect. It was beat, but it still worked. And I've found, man, sometimes just getting some of that stuff can add, like, interesting bits and pieces to your photograph because the lens isn't perfect. It's not the prettiest lens, but it can still take great pictures, and it's a way of getting, you know, kind of being able to play around with, like, wow, I just, this lens is kind of you know, beat, but it's something that I could afford and I get to kind of play and try, you know, try out. If someone was listening in and, and wanted to become a, a photographer and let's say it was, um, uh, you know, they want, they, they like the outdoors. So they want to do, right. um, you know, landscape photography and wildlife. It's from my experience, uh, is a bit of a tough uphill road to hoe because everyone has a, 
a camera. And so if you wanted to say go work for, for Nat Geo, and I've only met a couple of Nat Geo photographers, but one of the things that made them is um, they were willing to go to really shitty places with next to nothing for a long time um, to right. these remote areas, and they were very – their skill set allowed them to uh, travel and be able to survive and take pictures. Right. Um, you know, getting into photography, whether it be portrait for photography or, I mean, it's so vast. And like you said, you've kind of evolved and started, um, you know, being more of a producer or whatever you want to call it, director. Um, what would your advice be to people thinking about getting into photography professionally? My advice would be probably don't do it. Um, (laughs) do it as a side job maybe, but, um, yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird time right now. I mean, obviously once, you know, COVID kind of gets back into the way, but you know, it's so much of photography is real. Like taking pictures is the fun part. And man, like, you know, being with you guys, being in the woods, taking pictures or, you know, like taking some pictures on a float trip down, you know, is great. And then I get to fish a little bit and take some pictures. I mean, that's, that's amazing. But the, the, the worst part about photography is like really marketing yourself. And that's something, you know, that's really kind of a tough part. Like how do you get your pictures to people? And, you know, the good and bad thing right now, like social media, whether it's, you know, Insta or an old school Facebook, I mean, you know, there's just kind of ways to kind of, to, to kind of get your pictures out there to people. But, and that's so great because now more than ever, it's so easy just to take pictures and do some, you know, tweaks to them and get them out there in front of people. But, you know, you got to shoot a lot of pictures and then you also got to be willing to call people up, email. Um, you know, if you want to get into, you know, say like, you know, whether you get into like a, you know, Caltech or some, you know, one of those companies, like you got to like sometimes, you know, be, be persistent and you can't take no for an answer. Like there are some clients that I want to work with that I'll reach out to and kind of get snubbed. And you're like, okay, so I'll go out and I'll shoot a little bit of some stuff. And then like, hey, I just kind of had some of your products and we kind of did a little shoot. Here's a couple of the pictures. Let me know. I'd love to work with you. I love your product. So you kind of got to like find ways to get your work in front of the people that will hire you. And that is, it's, some people hate that. It is, and it's probably the worst part of the job because taking pictures is, and making, you know, directing and being on set is so much fun. But like the, the marketing and the hustle to get work is probably the, the toughest because you're going to have the door slammed in your face a lot. Like, you know, like somebody, like I think we worked with Vortex, I think, Aaron, for, for tons of years, you know, and eventually that ends. You know, eventually, you know, my account with Beretta ends. Eventually, like, Sims Fishing goes to a different photographer, you know, eventually like Mossberg, like, you know, the agency loses that account and they go somewhere else and they've got their photographer. So, you know, it always changes like that. And, and you can look at it, you can be like disgruntled and be like, oh, I hate those guys. You know, Vortex is using somebody else. But you're like, you know what? I had a great run with those guys. You know, I met you. I met great dudes. They've got somebody else now shooting their stuff. It's beautiful. It's a different look. And, you know, eventually, like, my look changes and they get kind of tired of it. So, you know, you've got to, like, but what's next after Vortex? You know, well, let's go let's go try and find, like, Keltec or let's go try and find some other cool stuff that we can kind of get into. And that's kind of what, you know, you just – you meet people along the way and that kind of snowballs 
into you know meeting people, but it's really like a, a people business, and you gotta like talking to people, and you gotta really just kind of stay on top of you know emails and picking up the phone and and reaching out. So uh, you know, on that note, like with what you had mentioned, um, above and beyond that, let's take talk a little bit about you know a lot of photographers they have a specific look. Um, their, their photos. Like I usually have a little bit darker, more archaic, I guess you could say images. I really like low light shots. Now, obviously I'm not going to make a, 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 you know, a 200 inch mule deer standing in a prairie dark. Right. I mean, but (laughs) you know, I cater more to night low light shots. That's more my thing. And, and, but you'll see guys, uh, different photographers will have a dip where you can pick, I can pick a Fred bomb shot out from about 17 miles away. He has a look (laughs) to his, to his right. photos, the one thing that I started out doing, which probably everybody does, is editing the living fuck out of the photo because it was fun and I was learning. But now, yeah, I don't edit much. I do a little, you know, I'll drop the yeah. highlights or bump things here and there and crop some. But, you know, overall, when I'm taking the photo, when I sucked more than I do now, I would be like, oh, I can fix yeah. that in post. Where right. now I'm like, ah, that's pretty close, you know, if. Like I did some crazy night shots of the camp and in the little screen, it's pretty hard to tell if you're blowing out exactly the, you know, if your ISO was perfect for the house lights, because if you're trying to get the stars and house lights, I mean, you can probably do it, but you got to, there's going to be a problem with one of them. You know, if you're going to pick up all the stars, right. So with that though, um, you know, when, when you're, when you're, when you're kind of figuring out your own, what am I trying to say here? Your look or whatever. Yeah, style or whatever. Yeah, make sure it's not heavily edited because that doesn't, from my experience, doesn't go very far because all that means is you're really good at editing and your shot might have, have sucked. And I've had people, agencies, talk to me about, hey, um, you know, we, we want more of these looks in your photo. They'll go through my Instagram. And, you know, I get it, right? I, I'm, I, I like certain shots, but... If you're going to, you know, get into photography, you probably want to get into videography at the same time or close after if you're looking at making a career of it. To me, now, would you agree with that? Yeah, you know, it's funny because everybody's going to want to kind of put you in a category. And it gets kind of weird. Like, are you a lifestyle person? Are you a tabletop shooter? Um, Are you, you know, can every, because it's easy for them to say, oh, he's great with, you know, hunting and fishing, or like we got a call from a guy, like um, there was a Chevy job coming up and they're like, Hey, do you have any metal? You shoot metal because there's no metal on your site. Well, so I went through and like, I gathered up all my car truck stuff that I've shot over the years, you know, NASCAR stuff. So I put together like a book of that, but everybody kind of wants to know like what, like everyone wants this kind of special specialty, put you in a spot. And you know, I was kind of raised that if, if, if you like the way I take pictures and you like my style, like my look's going to be mostly the 50, the 35 at like 1.4 or like F2 for safety to make sure I kind of get in focus. So if you like that look, you know, it shouldn't matter whether you're, you know, at 13,000 feet at Breck somewhere hiking in snow or you're, you know, in a studio with beautiful daylight, like that's the way I'm going to take a picture. Like I'm going to photograph Aaron probably at F2 and I'm going to be in the studio with window light at F2 with the 50 or the 35. Cause that's how I'd like to take pictures. And 
man, it really boils down to like your style. What do you like to do? Like I'm not a food or a tabletop guy. Like my wife does a lot of tabletop and stuff and she's good at just like moving things like, you know, a quarter of an inch or adjusting the light just a little bit. Like I would murder myself if I had to do that. And like, like she's really good with like small detailed type of stuff. And I'm, that's not what I'm into and not what I like. So really like you should take pictures of what you like to do. And I, and I think that's why you've been so great and so successful because man, you go to these places, you love everything about the hunt and you get to take pictures of it. It's just like, man, this is like awesome. Like this is my job. Like this is, this is doesn't get any better than this. So it's really like other than packing of- the fucking camera <laughs> gear in. I agree with Tiber packing it in. is not awesome. Right. I can tell you that right meow. <laughs> right, but take take pictures of what you like. Like if you love photographing your kids, man. Like I have friends that just do like you know beautiful like family and like kid portraits. I mean, I, dude, I'm your wedding story. I've photographed one wedding and I feel so bad for the people because it was terrible. I had weddings are the hardest things to photograph on the planet. So you got to be tough as nails to, to get into wedding stuff and hats off to people that do it. Cause man, like it is tough. I, I only do it for close friends now, which is not very often because one thing I noticed with the one wedding is all the family were telling me what to do Yeah, dude. and right. Oh, come over here and get this angle. And it's like, did they tell you when they wanted that angle? No, I like it. Okay. Well go buy a fucking camera and leave me alone because I'm going to do what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm like, just leave me alone and let me do my thing. And they're like, how many photos do you usually take? And I'm like, well, I'm up to 4,000. So I promise you'll like one. You know, I don't know what to tell you, but you know, where you go on a hunt and you, and and a lot of people, I mean, I'm surprised and and I don't have time, but how many people get a hold of me? Hey, can I pay you to go on my hunt and photograph it? Right. But that is easy because you you just follow them around and take pictures, right? Like yeah, they don't know what they're awesome. doing anyway. So you just tell them what to do occasionally and, you know, go, go from there. The, the, the biggest issue with that is the extra weight of the camera gear. And yeah. well, you brought it up to me. I think you had a gig possibly to climb, to go up Everest. Um, didn't somebody. Yeah. Present- so so Dude, that was, <laughs> yeah. Give, tell us that story. Dude, that was, that was one of those where you're like, you get excited. I think it was like, early on, like the Discovery Channel, like, hey, we're doing a thing about Everest and the base camp and all the garbage that's there. And, you know, we're bidding that. And, and again, you get excited for a minute. You're like, man, I've, like, I've read all these books about Everest. Like, this would be the dream job. And then you start getting into it and kind of thinking, like you said, like, man, I got to be up there. And then, like, you know, I'm an advertising guy. Like, yeah, I play beer league hockey and go downhill mountain biking every now and then, but I'm not in shape for that stuff. Like, I don't go to the Red Rocks with 50 pounds on my back and climb any of that stuff. Um, So it's just like, then you're like, man, I got to, like, put in this bid, like, a trainer. Like, somebody's got to get me in shape to even go to, like, the base camp. So it turns into all of this stuff. And then you're like, by the time you get the estimate together, okay, like, three months of me training to get ready, gear. And you're like, man, don't they have somebody that's already up there? And sure enough, that's what ended up happening. But then you get, you know, you're nervous because you're like, if you go to base camp and you're, you're all the way to Everest, then you're going to want to go to the top. And you're like, I have no business go even, even dreaming about climbing Everest. So, you know, it gets into the weird thing of like your capabilities and what you want to do. And, and you got a wife and kids at home. And, you know, it's just kind of like 
I mean, it's fun, and there's so many jobs that when you get into advertising, like, you know, normally it's like you, there's three, like, photographers or directors bidding on a job and writing treatments about the job and how we're going to shoot it and how we're going to produce it. And then, but sometimes now, like, it's so competitive, like, we'll have five different, you know, like, you'll be in a mix with, like, five different photographers and directors bidding on the job. And that, you know, that gets tough because all of a sudden now you're having to write about how you're going to take the pictures, how you're going to set up the scene, what you're looking for. And it's just, and you got to put together like tons of pictures and do like a 40 page, you know, treatment and like, you know, a PDF of, of what you're going to do. So it gets kind of super intense with that stuff now, especially. So it's just, you got to love what you're taking. It circles back to, you got to love what you're taking pictures of to, to do it well. And you should, you know, you should enjoy what you're shooting. So just because we've hit an hour and I told you that's how long it would take. Oh, we're good, dude. We're good, dude. All good. Okay. Um, when you talked about, you know, shooting what you love also, uh, which I suffered from for the last year or so, cause I picked up a recurve and it sucks killing <laughs> shit with that. And so I wasn't focusing on photography cause I was too busy focusing on trying to kill an animal, but right. <laughs> pulling the camera out in, you know, with, with what Frank and I do, um, there are times when, and now I have totally KO'd cameras, but you're doing right. a cliff, you're climbing a cliff, you're doing a river crossing. You got to get your camera out for those. I've got one of John Pinch jumping across the, uh, a river in, uh, and literally caught him midair after he launched um, up on the border of Canada at Mount Baker. Now, I, I, had did, I did put my... My, my my camera in a dry sack before my fat ass made the jump and then I right. got across and ran up and you know these are the things Tiber was talking about where you really wait a minute you're screaming over the river hold on I gotta get set up and they're like dude just put take the photo so I get it and I wanted a look which this doesn't really matter but if you're shooting a guy jumping across the river and the light is decent but not great um I went to a super low f-stop because I didn't need everything in focus. I just needed the dude jumping right. and get the point across. So went super low f-stop, and then my my you know the w when you're figuring out like the autofocus thing on that, yeah. do not use autofocus because I guarantee right. your tracking will pick <laughs> up what's behind him, and then he makes yeah. the jump, and you'll you'll miss him. And so I went to manual focus. And obviously he's not jumping to me. He's jumping across. So super easy. Got that right. right. And then I went high speed, right? Which at that time with that camera was like seven frames a second. That one DX is like, sounds like a Gatling gun. It's 20. Right. It's awesome. Right? And so, you know, I, I got that, that, that photo. You got to get the fucking camera out. Like you will look back, right. um, you know, especially if two people have cameras and, and someone's going to have photo envy. Because one of the two jackasses did not get their camera out as much as the other guy. Um, you got to have the camera out to get the photos. You you, you just do. I mean, you, it doesn't take itself. And you, you do have a good chance of breaking shit when you get it out in adverse conditions. I will say that I've toasted like seven, probably seven yeah. to eight cameras total. Well, you know, like even on our stuff with you, like, I mean, dude, I can't tell you how many cameras like, you know, in Alaska doing like Sims fishing stuff were like, your 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 foot. You, I'll have because I like to do two cameras. So I'll have like two cameras strapped to me, and I'll have like either the thirty-five and the fifty, or I'll go like a thirty-five and an eighty-five. 
And, you know, there are times, man, you're clicking away and then you're getting lower and lower and you're like, oh, I'm going to dip down and have the water be really low in the, in the foreground. And next thing you know, like water's in your waders and then you're like, oh, shit, that other camera around my chest is now like floating in the water. So you're like, there goes that one. So, I mean, that happens. You know, we've had like salt water and stuff, like doing stuff with St. Croix, like you're trying to like. You know, you're at the boats in reverse, and you're fighting fish, and water's splashing over the back, and he's fighting a fish, and you're like, yeah, yeah, and then a wave hits you, and then salt water is just, like, all over the camera, and you're like, oh, no. I mean, it's just, it's kind of part of, I guess, if you call kind of adventure photography, I guess if you put us in that category, I mean, stuff's going to happen, stuff's going to get snowy, and, man, sometimes, like, you know, I've got certain, you know, I'll have, like, I have like 250s, I have 235s, some are beat up, some are nicer. So I'll try and keep like, you know, if I'm going and we're going to be outside, like I'll take the banged up 50 or I'll take the banged up 35. And that circles back when Frank and I were talking about like even like, you know, on a KEH camera or B&H, like getting a lens that is like kind of a bargain lens, like everything still works. It's just not the prettiest lens that they have in the cabinet like those are usually fine for this kind of stuff because you're not spending you know you know 1500 bucks or two grand on a lens that you're going to take out hunting and get blood all over it and get trash so you know it kind of there's there's a lot of like knowing what you need for the lenses and then you know even certain r cameras that we have like that r camera is like carrying around like a macbook pro like it is so finicky great camera beautiful camera but like for studio or controlled environments, that camera is amazing. Like it overheats, it drinks batteries. Like you're like battery, battery, because all the viewfinders digital. I always use like the touch screen on the back. Like it just drink. You know, you need to have like ten different batteries because it just drinks stuff. So, you know, that camera I don't like taking out in the crazy woods because it's just like taking your laptop out there and putting it in the snow. Like it's just you know, not the best idea for that stuff. There's protective measures you can take for some things, but when you were talking about uh, the the camera, one of the ones I KO'd, I had, uh, we were doing a river crossing, and it was with the the gritty gunman, and uh, I took, you know, and it was was North Idaho, horrible rain, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to pull the cameras out. So I, I, I have that peak design, quick clip, thingy dingy, for the backpack and anyway so I put one just on a tether around my my body just a shoulder strap and then the other one um I have kind of the wrist thing you know and I'm like uh, uh just I'm like safety right dummy corded at least I'll have it if it I go in the drink right I just yank everything back so as I'm squatting down when you said that I was trying not to laugh out loud getting these <laughs> badass photos and it was with a 16 to 35 Um, so I was able, you know, get close up, but I'm squatting down and he's crossing and, and I'm doing kind of the silhouette. Anyway, the other fucking camera is eight inches underwater and I don't even (laughs) know. Oh, and then I stand up and I hear shit and I'm like, fuck, there's not enough big enough bowl of rice around here to dry this fucker out. So that one was KO'd forever. Like I took it to the camera store and they said, Hey, Cannon called, there was water damage. I'm like, Oh, I'm sure there was, I submerged it. Um, but you know, they're cool enough. They'll fix it. But right. 
I buy those crazy extended warranties, which at first I thought it was like a car warranty I wouldn't use. <laughs> I have gotten my money from that company because I'm sure I'm probably like on a name checklist system where I'm at the top right. of the list of what the hell is this guy doing? Red flag. Well, you know, I one of the things like sand and dust in, in Arizona, oh. in the desert, it, you know, especially with a mirrorless camera, you're gonna. It's gonna look like a constellation if you fuck around in a high wind and try to change your lens, because I, I, it just fills up the sensor. I mean, there's just specks of shit everywhere. Um, Every, oh my god, dude! Everywhere we were. I was at Miramar. We were doing some helicopter stuff, like with uh, cadets, like jumping out of helicopters and like live helicopters. And we had explosive experts there with like propane. Like bombs going off through like these villages where like Iraqi villages where they're like training. Dude, my cameras were just trashed, and and I don't like putting cameras in like bags or any of that stuff because I just fumble with holding them. But man, talk about like the little dust all over the sensors. Lenses were kind of trashed. Like it was just a mess. But it's just like, but it, man, oh my god, that was so much fun though. Do you do you clean your own sensors or do you send them in? Dude, I send stuff in, like, I do the Canon, um, I like the Canon, like, I just send it into Canon, like, every, basically, like, w- like once every year, I'll, because I've got, like, kind of, we've got four bodies that we kind of rotate, so I'll send, like, two into Canon, so we have two in case a job comes up, and I'll just be like, hey, you know, send them, do a cleaning, go through them, and they'll check, because I have to, because, like I said, man, like, if you're out in the woods, and that's why those, those that professional, um, was it ACP or APS or something like that? The Canon Professional Service. They're so good. Like I did the platinum thing and just they clean them, get them good as new and send them back. And man, it's worth every penny because I'm terrified. Like if somebody's going to like, I think I'm good at taking apart stuff. Getting it back together is not my specialty. So like even cleaning a sensor, like I'm, I'm kind of like you. Like I would probably spit on it and then take my shirt and rub it on the sensor like, you know, so I, I don't, I don't try not to clean that stuff. Yeah. It'll buff out. Um, <laughs> it'll buff out. I've cleaned the, my sensor in the tent once and got, got lucky, um, <laughs> with a headlamp, but I've also, um, destroyed a sensor trying to clean it. And w- basically what happened is I hit it with the hurricane blower. All I did was mix that shit around and just spread it to wealth and there was more specs. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay, I have my little whatever sensor drops and put them on, you know, I had learned how, but learning like knowledge and wisdom. I had the knowledge. I didn't have the wisdom. I'd never done it. So I'm like shaky Jake in there, nervous, like cat shit and razor blades. (laughs) I go across once and then I go the other way, like it says, and about 90% are gone. Well, I'm like, okay, one more swipe. I'm going to clean it one more time. Well, as I'm holding it, I'm, I'm in a floorless shelter heavy wind kicks oh. up and just fills the sensor with with shit so now in the middle of this i didn't hit it with anyway basically i just drug shit across and scratched the sensor oh. i mean it looked like the wolverine got in there and, and had a heyday and that sensor is no joke it's expensive right um it's expensive. you're not going to get it back for a little while either right do you have any um stories about shit like that that are man like um yeah, I mean, just, you know, it's funny, like, a lot of stuff, I mean, it's just all my stuff, like, kind of started, like, you know, with Winston fly rods, like, going out, you know, there and shooting for them, and, like, we always have, like, cameras go down, or 
somebody will crash a truck. You know, you get these, you know, rentals and you're driving and some you're on a dirt road or I remember that time you had to drive us down that snowy like fills from the, the beach of a uh, Wrightsville beach in North Carolina and he's like he's never seen snow and we're coming down from that that mountain and just like we were so worried we were gonna slide off the cliff and feels like Aaron can you drive I think we were in like a, a two-wheel drive like Chevy uh <laughs> SUV or something but yeah oh yeah well and I think that um you know as people are kind of listening into this um if you take anything, you know, from this, I would say it's kind of become a student of photography. If you want to get into it, um, learn to use the camera, learn composition, um, you know, and then if buy a relatively cheap or used camera at first that you can always right. have as a beat around camera, if you want to keep it, uh, cause some people, well, let's just talk about my wife, for example, I've bought her cameras <laughs> twice and it might as well have been a fucking paperweight. Like right. she, She's a phone chick, right? She, I literally, well, the camera will be in the console. She'll say, stop, roll down the window and pull her phone up. And I'm like, hey, that $2,000 camera I bought is in the console like one feet away. It's just not in some people. You don't want to dump five grand and learn that you're not a, want to be a photographer, but it it is a very addictive hobby or, or profession. Right. And man, and like I said, it's, man, it's, a, it's like the best. Job. I mean, I like the fact that I can make a living at this. I mean, it's the best job on the planet. I mean, you know, and, and again, like my world to the outdoors after like sports kind of got into like, you know, Winston fly rods. And then that led to like Bushnell optics and that led to like, you know, Sims fishing. And then that led to like St. Croix and Beretta snowballed into like, Vortex and Keltec and Moss. So it's just so weird, like, you know, how you jump from these, you know, different companies around, you know, and it, and it's, and each one's different. And, and you meet all these great people because sometimes like somebody who's working at one ad, ad agency or one company, they'll switch and then go over to like, you know, Sims. And then they're like, Hey man, I worked with this guy, Tyber. He was great. Let's bring him in. So it's just, yeah, you just meet all these great people, like, you know, you and Frank along the way. And that's kind of really what's kind of the most fun about this is just you just meet interesting people that kind of stick with you and, and grow with you and, and travel. Because, I mean, when I met Aaron, I was like, well, what's he doing? Like, he's like our model. You and Frank are like our models, our location scouts. And, you know, and it was just kind of – it was just a blast. You know, we're, we're staying at that crappy Motel 6 and we're having, like, beers at the end of the night and wrestling in the rooms like you know there's nothing better like i think so i did i tied dan in a knot i'm surprised <laughs> you didn't photograph that dan wanted to wrestle um <laughs> dan learned quick to not yeah <laughs> don't poke the lot. bear um <laughs> don't poke the bear but well, all that stuff is just so much fun and and but again like with you know every job i've been on like these adventures like we've had i've had an assistant Sometimes I'll have, like, a, a Digitech with me or an assistant. And, like, we've had, like, a guy go to change a lens and then, like, drop it and it roll. you watch it, like, roll off these cliffs. You know, I mean, that stuff happens, you know, and just you just uh, make sure you bring, like, kind of a backup stuff. I mean, do you bring backup stuff when you go out? Oh, yeah. Well, you almost have to. When I say backup stuff, like, when I go uh... – well, like when I just went down to Texas, because I, I wanted to, I'm just kind of getting back into it in the sense of, you know, packing the camera around all the time and, and faking photos. So 
I took uh, a Mark Four in the One DX, and right. throughout the day hiking around, I had the the Four, and then at camp I I had the One DX because the thing is, it's like it's hard to explain, but if your main goal you really want to get photos and your camera goes down, it, this sounds right. semi gay, but you lose your sense of self self worth. You're like, what am I going to do now? I don't have a camera. Like if you're right. doing it for a right. job, you're really screwed. But so yeah. I at least have one at the truck at camp. Um, I don't pack in two cameras cause I'm too fat and lazy and that's just too much <laughs> shit to carry. But I, I, I have the ability obviously to, to swap out the other thing talking about like batteries and things like that. You're going to have to have a solar charger or something yep. unless you just have, um, you know, you know, your limitations, you bring one spare battery, you know, two batteries on a, on an 850, like a Nikon 850 or a Mark four, plenty of juice like that's enough right. for a hunt but if you're doing it professionally well i mean like i took yes, almost six thousand photos in this last trip y you got to have yep. a lot of a lot of a lot of juice right and then you got to have like backup cards because man i've had cards go down like you get these brand new cards and you're like you know even the sony rugged ones occasionally you're like you know like what's wrong with this one you're like oh put that one you know butter side down in the back in the case because you know cards go down batteries die um and especially with the you know like the new mirrorless cameras man that whole thing's running on a battery and if it's cold or if it's hot and like you're putting hand warmers you know around like taping that to the you know the bottom of it to keep it warm i mean it's just you know it's just the tech you know, in these cameras, I mean, again, it's like having a computer with you. And sometimes it's just, you got to have warm batteries. You're keeping batteries inside your shirt pocket, to keep them warm so they don't die. I mean, so you just, you know, packing in a lot of different stuff to, to, for safety, you know, cause you're, you're there to do a job and you can't be like, Oh, we don't have any batteries left or we filled up all the CF cards and we can't, you know, download anything. Like you got to be able to go sunrise to sunset taking pictures. Yeah, and, and again, you know, when you're working remotely, and when I say remotely, when you're on foot, um, you will become an expert at that in the first couple trips because uh, <laughs> once you screw it up, I mean, you're it's yeah. something stuck in your mind. And we've been pretty lucky. We've never really had anything go down to where, I mean, we've always, battery life was just a bitch for a while, like the first Sonys. The, right. You know, I got one of those, and I'm like, this is the dumbest mistake I've ever made. It took like oh. 250 photos and the battery was no. dead. And the battery cooked? Oh. oh, and so I was packing in 10 backup batteries and then I learned they drain about as fast whether they're taking pictures or not. So I've got like 10 batteries on my junk and my ass crack everywhere else in my yeah. sleeping bag to try to keep them warm. And I'm like, you know, initially I'm like, I should have stuck with the, the Canon because it, I mean, that thing would take 12, 1400 or something on a battery. Well, you know, Sony has advanced obviously, you know, quite, quite a bit as, you know, their, their juice and their camera, but, or their batteries, either way, it's a fucking problem in storage. Right. Like if you're yeah. truly snapping photos and I'm, I'm like, Hey, what size of car do you have? Well, I got a 32 gig. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to save some money and I'm like, that's a 60 megapixel camera. Right. You've got about a half day before that little fucker is yep. full. Like, you know, and people, when you first get into it and don't have the knowledge, you, you know, well, good example. You got, you got this brand new camera and let's say you buy, you're listening to this podcast, you get super excited and you buy an R5 or a Sony 
Alpha One or I don't know, pick one. <laughs> right. And then you go to download the photos on your Mac, except it's not uh, current and it hasn't been updated. And then you learn, oh, my Lord, I only have X amount of space left. Well, you, you're fucked. Like, you, you, you got to have this crazy space for all of these photos. And I don't know how many people upgraded their cameras and called me and had to upgrade their Mac. They're like, well, my yeah. Mac's eight years old. Oh, yeah, you're fucked. Right, like it, 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 you, you're gonna hear that thing just melt down when you when you plug in that SD card. Have you run into a lot of that? Well, we, I mean, we're, I mean, it's just like you know, our Photoshop's current. We pay for Capture One because we run basically everything through Capture One, and we have like um, kind of these Thunderbolt Terra drives that we have when we get back to the studio. So you know, I have to store. So like, so like, if somebody ever called me from Sims, we're like, hey, man. We, this picture of this guy, one of our old guides or something like you have that. So I have to, I keep every job that I've ever shot on basically these hot swap tear drives. So I've got one at my house and I've got one at the studio. So I'm always doing like an A B and a B drive. So, you know, it started out like, you know, the files are so big now, like, you know, you're not being able to put like a bunch of jobs on these drives because I shoot a ton of pictures and that's the other thing too. Like, and I don't know if how, like I just shoot, shoot, shoot. And sometimes it's a problem because you know, you hire me, I'm going to go out, I'm taking a lot of pictures because sometimes it's like odds, you know, the more pictures you take, you're going to get that like great little moment. Um, and whether like the photos up at shot show or something like, you know, if you see one of my photographs and it's like at a booth at shot show, like, man, we've taken like, you know, 2000 pictures sometimes to get that one. And we've redone scenes, and we've like, let's try that again, try this, what makes it better. So it's just like the storage is so key now in making sure you've got you know hard drive space for when you get home to download them, because that's a whole other added expense now, because you know these cameras, the the file size is huge on them. Yeah, it's it's crazy for for sure. But well, man, but um, I don't take up too much more of your time um, since. 80 to up hundred thousand people are going to listen to this and there's going to be a lot of outdoor <laughs> companies. I wouldn't give out your phone number, but if someone wanted to find you for work, uh, where, where could they go? Um, yeah, my website, it's just my name, uh, com. You know, it's just T I B O R N E M E T H.com. And you just read your Google Tiber and I, and I show up, but, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, just, uh, Kind of just keep it short and simple and just kind of keep, you know, the website rolling and just a little bit of everything kind of on, on the site. Because it's, it's weird, like when you're a commercial photographer, you know, it's kind of the fun thing is you don't know what's, who's going to call or what job's going to come up. So it's like, you know, one day you could be doing like portraits for like Bank of America campaign and the next day you're with Aaron and he's like giving you oxygen that he bought at the hotel to shoot you up so you can kind of keep up for the height. So it's just like, you know, everything's so different. And that's, you know, if, if you have ADHD and you're kind of all over the place, you know, photography, film and video is so good for you. And especially because there's always something going on. And that's kind of what I've really liked about it. It kind of like, it's soothing, you know, to go to these places and be in these great locations and just kind of document people on their hunts or, you know, come up with some like cool little campaigns, you know, for Mossberg, for like their social media. And it's just, you know, and you meet these great fishing guides and you go on a float trip. And, you know, that's always been fun where, 
you, know, you hire a fishing guide who's done like you know a hundred trips guided trips and like now you're like okay buddy you get to fish today and they're like what like i haven't fished all year i'm like you've been on the you've done a hundred float trips he goes yeah we never get to fish so you're like buddy today's your fish you get to fish and i'm just gonna take pictures of you fishing and man there's some there's like nothing more fun than kind of having that experience you know just kind of being with guys like yourself and, and when you get to go and kind of these guys that are great you know at what they do and you get to kind of document their journey and their lifestyle. And that, that's what makes it such a fun job. Oh, I, yeah, I, I agree totally. So, well, if anybody listening in, um, don't bug Tiber for tech tips <laughs> and info. Cause then he's never going to get on here again. Uh, but uh, it, it, uh, dude, don't ask, don't, don't, don't let the toothpaste <laughs> out of the tube on that one. Um, <laughs> so funny, dude. I love it. Um, but no, I, man, I appreciate the, the friendship and, and truly, you know, people ask me about it all the time, you know, the photography thing. And I'm like, well, I Googled a lot and I YouTube, but actually I spent like two or three days with these two dudes. And I said to, and Tiber's the one that actually, you know, I just kept listening as you talk. So I, I appreciate it. Cause obviously you got the, the fire started with me, me taking photos. So well, that's know. cool, man. Thank you for that. And, and I, and, and, and Frank did, was it, was it me or Tiber that started the checker guesser? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think both of you guys definitely sparked my interest. So, <laughs> uh-huh. well, no, Frank's a hell of a photographer for two as well. So it's great for what we do. So yeah, I can't, can't thank you yeah. enough. No, man, I love, like I said, I, there's, again, and it's, it's such like, it's not like it's a secret what we do. And, you know, and it's kind of funny. It, it just kind of worked because, you know, you love doing it and you're with good people and that's what makes it fun. And, you know, there are a lot of, you, know, you just want to work with cool, interesting people. And, you know, meeting you and Frank, man, we had so much fun on all those weekends where we were together. I mean, it was just, you know, that's what I think why the, the content and the pictures, what we got was so good. You're just going out there, and you guys are always like, man, I know this great spot around the corner here. Let's go hike here. Let's go hike there. And then, you know, I, that's what, kind of what, what made it fun. So, yeah, it's just uh, the friendships you meet along the way in advertising and photography and stuff is just really just kind of special. And it, it's it's not a boring job at all, and that's what kind of keeps me going. Cool, cool. Well, again, man, thanks for hopping on. Thanks for the the friendship and the knowledge. And I'm sure in in five to six months, I'm going to be pestering you again, if not yeah. sooner. Because anytime we do something like this, we get overwhelmed with you got to get that guy back on, and <laughs> you forgot to talk about this. And it's like, well, we can't have a nine hour podcast. We'll we'll separate uh, no it. Worries. So I no appreciate worries, it, guys. No, man. Yeah, again, love talking to you guys. And uh, man, thanks for thinking of me. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, I'm always up for chatting photography talking about stuff and and like i said that's that's how i got here man i had some great apprenticeships interns um you know and that's the reason why i'm I'm thankful and blessed for the the photographers that took me under their wing to to teach me that how to do this i mean it doesn't happen without you know apprenticeship or assisting and learning and that's that's kind of how i got here so thanks man cool cool all right man we'll take it easy thanks again thanks tyber Okay, cool. You boys stay out of trouble, man. Nice chatting with you as always. Yeah, you too. (laughs) Bye-bye. See you. Okay, cool. Bye.